0: Welcome to Dental Brain Crops. Today, I'm joined with Corey Pinneger. He's the co-founder and CEO of CallForce. Corey, welcome to the show.
1: Chelsea, thanks for having me.
0: Yeah, I'm so excited to have this conversation. We were talking a little bit off screen, and um, let's just start with a little bit of background so that people can um, know some of the good things that I know. But I'd love to know a little bit about your background and how that leads to the birth of CallForce.
1: Yeah, I mean, I don't think many people... Um, our, I, I work in the dental service side and I definitely didn't think when I was going to school growing up that I would, uh, be working in dental. Um, mm-hmm. I was going to school at Brigham Young University. And this would have been in 2015 and 2016. And my aunt had just started at a new company called Weave. And okay. she was probably the 50th employee and she was the executive assistant to the CEO. And she called me one day and she said, hey, Corey, I know you're a college student looking to always make an extra buck. Would you be willing to come clean one of our closets? We'll pay you 500 bucks. And of course, you hear $500 and you only have to clean a closet. And I thought I was going to be an overnight millionaire. <laughs> and yeah,
0: uh, well, you're a college student. Start,
1: started coming up, started cleaning the closet, um, eventually got a full-time or a part-time job Um. We even had a lot of opportunities to advance and opportunities where they gave me trust. And from there, my you know career uh, took off. I was planning to go overseas to uh, do investment banking. Um, I, I did have an internship offer. And eventually, they came back in December of 2016 and said, hey, we have this very small department called Recall Solutions, which is part of Weave. We are downsizing our headcount at Weave due to us not hitting certain metrics by about 40%. So we need to lay off this division. Would you be interested in purchasing it from us for a dollar? And I thought it was the deal of a lifetime. I called my dad, who I immensely respect. I was like, dad, listen to this. They're offering me a business that's doing, you know, $150,000, $200,000 a year for a dollar. I think I'm going to take it. And I think his response was like, you're giving up your investment banking internship for uh-huh. a recall company? And he's like, this is the <laughs> dumbest thing that I've ever heard. So with that comment, I, I decided to take the take the offer of buying it for a dollar um, with my partner. And the rest has okay. been history. So it was not intentional. I am not the um, genesis behind the recall idea. Now, we've expanded our product and service since then, um, but it really was right time, right place, and being empowered by awesome people. And then almost jumping off the lifeboat with no life raft saying, we're going to make this work.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And Complete with motivation I from want-
0: dad, right?
1: <laughs> oh, and it one wanna- of... If I'm perfectly honest, the motivation for my dad to prove him wrong was one of the biggest driving factors early on. We did not sell a single dental practice, Chelsea, for the first six months. We had no clue what we were doing. I was 22 years old. Mm -hmm. And it took us so much work and so much effort to find ways to market our business, to scale our operations. And now we've done it for five and a half years and added thousands of practices, but it all came from a great opportunity and then a lot of hard work after that.
0: That's fantastic. Okay. So talk to me about your services. What do you do?
1: Yeah. So we have three main services and really the genesis of CallForce is built around missed opportunity and increased patient Mm -hmm. engagement. So to start, we've got overdue patient recall. 56% of all patients in the United States, Chelsea, are overdue. There is just a gold mine of opportunity in the back room of the practice where they're bringing in these patients. They're talking about new patients, new patients, new patients. And they're forgetting about their own patients a lot of the time. I mean, when you and I spoke initially a, a week or two ago, we talked about unscheduled treatment plans. In addition to that and how practices are not good at converting those money is sitting there and the opportunity to improve healthcare for patients is sitting there number two we do an answering service where if you're open on the weekends or after hours or even during the day and the phone call is unable to be answered we have a dedicated team and it's important to note here that we are dental specific where we understand how to schedule a new patient how to schedule an existing patient What a root canal is, what a crown is, what a veneer is. We are not a generic answering service where someone were to call in and say, hey, can I get scheduled? And they're scheduling for a salon at the same time that they're scheduling for a dental practice where they don't know the market intimately well. So that's the second service we provide. We're a dedicated answering service. Third, we provide insurance verifications. Insurance verifications today are time consuming. Mm -hmm. There's not great automated systems yet there will be someday that make the very time-consuming process of insurance verifications easier to streamline and if you don't Mm -hmm. do it right the effects are significant and so we believe that those three services though they're not maybe the sexiest things to do in dental provide increased revenue and profit for the dental and the dental practice so they also make the life of the staff member easier. It's all roses if you're saying, hey, doctor, we're making you a ton of money, but you are creating a tornado inside the office for his or her team. Our goal is for it to be a win for the patients by better healthcare, a win for the team because they are doing 19 tasks instead of 21. Mm-hmm. And it's a win for the patients because they receive better, more accurate and consistent health care. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Yeah. All really good things. And so one of the things that's coming to mind as we're talking is just that your team is handling the patients, which are super valuable, right? That's what keeps our practices going and growing. And so what do you do? How do you teach or train or coach your team so that those interactions and those communications are handled in a way that is best received by the patients?
1: So it really comes down to an enormous investment on the upfront. We cannot take a team member, Chelsea, and put them on the phones in two weeks. Mm -hmm. We have to give them a base level of knowledge, and we also have to recruit the right people. Early on, as we rapidly grew, we hired as much as we could. We are now a remote first company where we can pick the best and most aligned culture and value-based people from across the United States. That have that base layer of skills that we need. We then add our training on top. We then do role playing, mock calls. We allow them to sit with an agent who's experienced for weeks. And then, Mm -hmm. really, what's important is we have to communicate our vision and our expectations, and we have to be uber consistent with it. I was telling someone at dinner two nights ago, I feel like a broken record a lot of the time where I repeat. The same message over and over and over. And that's not a bad thing. That's not because our team does not have the ability to listen or to learn. It's messaging needs to be consistent, clear, and precise. Mm -hmm. And if we can have three or four major initiatives at a maximum that we're pushing and consistently reminding our team about, it moves us much farther than focusing on a million line items below.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. So what are you feeling like are some of the most important things that you look for in a candidate that's going to execute this vision that you have in a best way?
1: You know, it's an ever evolving question there where what I would have said two years ago is not what I would have said a year ago and not what I would say today. But number Mm -hmm. one, what I'm looking for is that they're passionate about the sector and the problem that we're solving. You cannot overnight create passion. We can teach someone to ride a bike. We can teach someone to schedule an open dental. But really the way we look at our company is we are the AWS, the Amazon Web Service of Patient Services. We want to be a scalable, consistent, and expert option within those three services that I spoke about. And Mm -hmm. if someone comes in, passionate about the dental market and also understanding how we are a scalable outsourced option that will be even more and ever more important in the future, then it's a really interesting dynamic where we're only the jet fuel to their rocket. And so passion and knowledge about our sector is so important. And from there, we are just providing them the skill set and knowledge to take it to the next level.
0: That's great. So, okay. So you've got this amazing team and they know what they're dental specific. They know what they're doing. They know how to effectively communicate with the patients. You also mentioned in one of our conversations that, um, that you strategize when you're making those recall reach outs. Talk to me a little bit about that.
1: Yeah, it's a really good question. So we call from five to seven thirty at night. Um, the reason that we do that is people are actually most likely to be home and most likely, um, to be able to schedule. If I were to receive a phone call right now, there's no way that I'm going to pick it up. But if we call at night while we call while I'm driving home from work or getting ready for dinner, there's a chance actually twice as likely statistically. So practices when they call during the day run between a nine and 11% chance of the person they're calling picking up the phone. Mm -hmm. If you call during the evening hours, it's about 18 to 20%. And so we're just increasing our odds, and we're also reaching a working class and busy class of people that during the day for practices, they're unable to reach.
0: Hmm. Yeah, that makes so much sense. I don't think I've ever been called by any medical office between 5.30 and 7.30 p.m., but you're right. It would catch me off guard, and I probably would answer. So is that well-received when people are... So you're getting the answer. That part's being received. Um, yeah, we, are they we generally...
1: Yes, gen- so if we reach someone on the phone, we run between a thirty-five and forty-five percent chance of scheduling them if they're intrigued or interested in scheduling. Um, you know, calling past seven thirty is not something that I would advise. We are very firm that that is the time we shut down up, and we've done mm-hmm. this ourselves for five and a half years now. We don't receive much negative feedback there. You know, of course, you're going to get the person here and there who said, "Well, you called me at six o'clock." why are you doing this? Those are Mm -hmm. inevitable. Um, But we try to monitor our data. And if a patient ever said, hey, I'll call you back when I'm ready to schedule, we're going to let them own that. And we're going to take them off our list. We are not persistent or salesy about getting you on an appointment. We're not your local auto warranty company calling you once a week. Um, But we really try to be helpful in saying, hey, Chelsea, Dr. Smith noticed that you were overdue for your you know, hygiene appointment, we were concerned and we wanted to get you on the schedule. I have time this Thursday at 10 a.m. Mm-hmm. and also this Friday at 2 p.m. When would be best for you so that we're putting you in a position where you have to say yes or yes, not calling you and saying, mm-hmm. hey, Chelsea, we'd love to get you scheduled. Would you like to?
0: <laughs> right
1: right and so it's all about the scripting and it's all about making people under, understand that this call is out of concern for their oral health not just to get them scheduled and it's not just from a team member but it's out of concern for from the overall uh, large provider within the practice who most of the time they will recognize mhm
0: yeah that's all good stuff so it sounds like you are uh, data driven, taking copious notes. If you're working, you know, my practice hires you, what does that look like for me? How much access do I have to that data? What is my experience like partnering with you?
1: Yeah. So we have a portal where you can see every call we made, if they scheduled, if they didn't schedule. Once they schedule, we can actually report to you and do report to you. Did they show? Did they not show? And how much did they spend? And so we okay. pr- try to provide a top of funnel visibility. And even on the patients that say, I'm okay, I don't want to schedule, we break down the major reasons that patients are not scheduling. And so I believe data makes better decisions. We make millions of phone calls and speak to millions of patients a year. And so we can give practices really good data on what's working, what's not working, and what are some simple things that they can do to improve their patient experience, which will make the life of their staff, dentists, and patients better?
0: Mm-hmm. That's that's great. And then the other thing that I wanted to ask you is you had mentioned the insurance verification piece. And so what does that look like um, as a practice owner? Is that an all or nothing? Do I hire you or not? Or do I have options within that?
1: Yeah. How, no, do, you, really
0: how do you take that piece on?
1: so we sit down with the practice and say do you want us to do all of your hygiene column do you want us to do all treatment and hygiene do you only want us to do blue cross blue shield anthem so we are creating a custom cadence with the practice where we have assigned insurances insurances or we have assigned columns that we're doing so for some practices we do all of it and for mm-hmm. some practices we do a fourth of it our goal as a company is to get in at any opportunity that we have to do a really good job and to let that relationship grow from there. If we are excelling doing one fourth of your verifications and you lose a team member, my gut hunch is going to say, if we're doing a good job, that will grow. Our opportunity to work with you will grow right now, still in the United States is brutal for staffing though. There Mm -hmm. is some, you know, increase to mortgage rates, increase of inflation decreases on the stock market, Practices, and we took a survey of over 200 practices the other day, 60% of them are still struggling to fill open roles. Mm-hmm. And so we want to excel in any of these three service areas. And as there's opportunity to partner at a deeper and more extensive level, we take that and we want to hit our next home run.
0: That's great. Great. That's great. Yeah. You you know, the human resource condition can't be ignored. And um, I know just from a personal standpoint, you've talked about how important it is to not only have the right people in place, but to um, grow your company in a way that that carries out that vision that you have. And so what are some of the things that you're doing to um, cultivate that remote culture and keep it in place as you grow?
1: So that's my most difficult question currently so i speak with extreme <laughs> caution and saying we have not figured it out um, okay. but that communication is key and finding ways to have fun so if i'm in the local area and we have 10 people we're going to bring them together and do a dinner we hold a morning stand up with each team we require their webcams to be on so that they can interact on a personal level We're running competitions with cash and prize-based bonuses where people can feel bought in and competing and growing against each other. We provide book clubs and different channels within our communication systems where people can say, hey, here's an awesome book I just read. It has nothing to do with call forces. Someone else can say, hey, I loved that. But it's providing people time to be human. If we got up every day and said, hey, get on the phone, answer your eight calls per hour, get off at 12, take your 30 minute lunch and be back. That's not human. That's not real. There's a myth within the professional world that's existed for years that work and life, personal life are separate though. There is a fine line between them. When you have a bad night before the next morning, you go to work. It's Mm -hmm. not a great day at work. There's not this flick of a switch. When I have a bad day at work and then I drive home, I don't switch to the world's best amazing mood, even though I wish I could. And so I think as we acknowledge that life is real, that team members need to connect, and that we are a human-based company. As much as we are driven by data, data drives our decisions, but humans drive our results. And we need to empower and acknowledge and appreciate each of them. And allow them to grow personally, professionally, and financially. If we do those things, taking data and empathy together, that's when I think we become a successful company.
0: I love what you're saying, and it's such an important thing to know about your company because when I think about partnering with you or anybody else listening to this thinks about partnering, you know, when we hand off a piece of our business, it's important to know um, not only the task that's going to be performed but the spirit in which it's going to be performed, and so I really appreciate you going into that. Um, Is there anything else that I haven't?
1: Oh, no, no, and all I was going to say is it's true. I mean, if you go into a company today where it feels – draconian and energyless that eventually will show in the work product. There's less innovation. There's less excitement. We may be, be, be able to hop on the call and say, hey, this is Dr. Smith. How may I help you? But unless that energy is there, that care is there, it's felt and noticed, and eventually it affects the work product. And so avoiding it or ignoring it will always cause detrimental failure.
0: Yeah, oh yeah, absolutely. I was talking to an investor yesterday, and he was telling me that um, he invests in medical medical buildings, medical offices, and he was like, you know, the one of the things I look for is how am I treated when I call? How am I treated when I walk into that office? Because it matters. It it infiltrates the whole business if things aren't going right. And so when you talk about, you know, here's a solution that we have, and yes, it's remote. However, here's the way that we're, um, you know, the pillars we're putting in place to make sure that it's handled in a way that will still match the customer and patient experience you're trying to create within your practice. That's really important to me to hear. I know that'll be really important to everyone else.
1: I couldn't agree more.
0: Yeah. Is there anything else that I haven't asked you that you want to make sure that we add into this?
1: No, I mean, this is, this is a blast. I love getting on these podcasts to not talk about call force or promote call force, but to promote that there's opportunity to better your practice, to better your relationship with your staff, and to share what works for us, to be a transparent book, and then to also acknowledge that we have so much more to learn and gain and improve as a company. We are a real business. I am a real human. And I think the biggest thing to know is we're we're all going through this together. And the exciting thing is the journey as business leaders and growers that we're all taking a part of.
0: Absolutely. I couldn't agree with you more. Well, thank you, Corey. This was really fun. I enjoyed having you today.
1: Hey, thank you so much, everyone.
0: I appreciate you joining me for today's episode. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the show and visit dentallife.coach for access to additional coaching tools, as well as more episodes to help you create the dental life you truly desire.